guys and welcome to episode 5 of the On Track Mind podcast. As you can tell by the title, I'm joined by the TRT World Endurance Team. Unfortunately, Tom Oliver has personal commitments, so I grabbed him for a quick chat, so I'll insert mine and his conversation just before we get into the bulk of the podcast with Tom Ward and David Shoebridge. So obviously you did the Boulder uh, last year? Yeah, yeah, end of last year. So... You've just done the Le Mans 24 hours. You've dipped your toe into endurance, but how did it being, right, this is a full team effort for the whole year, the whole season, how did it change your mindset going into it? To be fair, like going into into Baldor, it was like the complete unknown. So it was sort of, I didn't know what to expect. And like, it was properly thrown in at the deep end. And uh, yeah, like eight hours into the race, my body was just, completely knackered and <laughs> and uh was like properly regretting it in the middle of the night mm. but this time having like more preparation yeah the three of us going into it it was sort of much better prepared and uh yeah enjoyed it like yeah. massively because of that yeah it was yeah mega yeah so obviously david started um yeah, yeah. he started and tom finished yeah so that's if you, right yeah. so if you've been sort of in the middle sort of waiting around how did you sort of feel watching them do that? Well, like seeing David run across the, and try and get the bike. Like how did you yeah. spectate that? Like knowing you don't have to start or finish, how did that? Well, like the it? first stint is always chaos. Oh, yeah. So obviously, yeah, it was it was like mayhem. So that first lap, if you can make it through that, then like you know, it's like sort of you're ready for the race you're sort of thing. Just and exactly, yeah, settling in. So. Just seeing him get through that first lap was the main thing. And then once you pass that, it's like, right, game on, let's yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. So obviously it's totally, totally different from any other race meetings, if you, even BSB and stock and everything like that. Because you're riding hours and hours on end. Obviously you have breaks in between, but you don't really sleep. No. You don't really catch up. So how did it feel like mentally, like when you're so physically drained, like did you ever think, oh, shit, like do I really have to be here or... Oh God, yeah. So like there was one. Uh, it was probably about. So when Tom had his crash, mm. um, it was about three in three in the morning, mm. and the oil cooler pipe burst. So he's like the unwritten rule in endurance is you have to get the bike back to the pits by yes. yourself. Yeah. So we're thinking like shit, where is he? And he's like, bless him, turned up, managed to get it back. It's like four degrees outside, middle of the night, and he's turned up out the back of the awning or garage. Mm. And I'm like trying my best to get a bit of rest. Like I'm in the uh, in the race truck, got my eye mask on, like just in my boxes, like chilling out. And I've come out like pretty much naked. I'm like, do I need to get my kit on? Everyone's burst out laughing, and like they're like, no, he's all right. Like he's gonna go again. So that at that point, I'm thinking, shit, this could just be me and Shuey for like the last twelve mm-hmm. hours. Like we're gonna have to finish this by ourselves. So I've gone back into the uh, into the truck and I've like put my eye mask and that back on and I thought I could actually run away right now. Like I could, I could just, no one would know I'm here by myself. Like I could just yeah. run away and like not have to deal with any of Jesus. this. And then I was like, no, sort yourself out. Like you're having some uh, having some dark thoughts <laughs> now. Like just going to let them get on with it and just be shooey on his own. Oh my God. And obviously with Tom's crash, you did lose a few laps. Yeah. Um, but you made it up because you got 19th overall, 8th in, or 9th in class? 8th uh, in class yeah. in the end, yeah. So, and that's 
phenomenal. Yeah. The fact that you've kind of rocked up. Yes, you've done some endurance before, and the fact you sort of new team. Obviously, you guys all get on, but new team effort. Um, how did it feel when you had your first stint after that? Would you think, fuck, I really need to push this, or did you sort of think, no, I need to keep going consistently? Yeah, I think after doing uh, Baldor. I had that mindset where I was like every single session I was just going to push to the maximum. Yeah. Um, but then going into like a fatigue's really bad there. Mm. So going into this race, it was more a fact of like this is the lap time that I we we know is going to be enough to be competitive. Um, and if I can stick to that, like physically, mm. or if I feel like I've got more, just stay to what I know is going to be enough to be competitive. Yes. Um, because the mistake I made at Baldor was like pushing to the maximum mm. every session, and then at the end, like last twelve hours, I just had nothing <laughs> left. I was just rinsed. So yeah, this time it was more a case of like pace yourself and yeah. then still be competitive at the end, which, which I think you know is the way to do it. But then if you're chasing that like podium and you need to push at the end, you've yeah. got that bit in reserve sort of thing. Mm. And obviously through your race career. I'm pretty sure you'll agree with me in saying that this is probably the most gruelling yeah. situation you've had to go through. So looking back on everything you've done prior to Le Mans, kind of wish... I really don't know how to word it. Not like you wish you enjoyed what you've done before, because you're still enjoying this. Yeah. But it's just a lot more draining it's mentally and physically. So do you kind of wish you were like, oh, maybe, yeah. maybe I'll jump back on a stop bike and... Yeah, I mean, like, certainly not done with that, like, sprint racing yeah. uh, by any sense at all. But me and Tom were talking about it earlier, and he made, like, a, a good point that it's sort of like, it's like secondary fun, where mm. in the moment you're not enjoying it. And, like, in the middle of the night and that, you're thinking, why am I here? Like, this is this is just torture. Yeah. But then afterwards you sit back and you're like what an achievement and, and it, it was hit you. yeah exactly it's sort of the emotions and that once you finish you're like this like it was just amazing sort mm. of thing yeah and as soon as it was done like we're just buzzing for the next one yeah. so <laughs> welcome back to on track mind this is episode five of the podcast i'm joined by two thirds of trt stock team who've just come back from le mans uh, we're here at Hertfordshire at Potter's Bar at Mint Installs, where the boys have been working on their bikes, getting ready for Donington this weekend. So, yeah. how you doing? Good. All good. I He's really good. It's been really struggling, haven't <laughs> it? He's not recovered from the one yet. No, he's not recovered from birth, actually. <laughs> <laughs> he never kind of embraced. He, he really struggles to bounce his way through the day. Um, I do. Typically doesn't allow enough time for anything. Yeah. <laughs> Especially lap time. <laughs> <laughs> so, for the most basic question, how did you both find Le Mans, just in general, like the experience? It was so easy to be honest. It was like <laughs> probably the easiest thing I've ever done. I actually found it probably. Uh, David couldn't stop I, crying. I actually found it easier. <laughs> like the others, jokes aside, um, the one that can't be here right now. Because he's massively pussy whipped. We're missing um, Tom Oliver. We have got yeah, a segment with him. This yeah, is, this is his suit. I'm actually touching his ass right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, he he struggled a lot actually with mm. old ore. Okay. And that was the first one that um, 
that Tom did. So he came and joined me. I did spa with TRT. Yeah. My first 24-hour endurance. Yeah. And um, thought I was going to be a massive fish out of water. Um, and found that actually I was the quickest rider in the team. And with like coupled with some other people that have got some, or ideally got some stock thousand experience. Uh, but you know anybody else really that was comparable for the British paddock would would work really well. Um, you know, teammates, and yeah. we could actually compete. So, um, spoke to Tom, and he was like quite tied in at the time doing the stock thousand thing, weren't you? Mm. Brilliant. And then um, Tom Oliver came to Baldor. Yes. Yeah. He didn't really know what he was up for or what he was up against, and but physically he struggled more than I think he thought he was going to. Mm -hmm. um, but you didn't find it that bad, did you? No, I no, I didn't like. I did, I did, and I didn't like. It's one of those things. I think it's more like mentally. It is like physically demanding, but the hardest part is getting like back out in between the stints. Yeah. It's not physically. It's not actually too. Yeah, if you rest for too long, like if you don't like hydrate and like your nutrition isn't. If you don't eat anything or don't yeah. drink anything, it's the same as like doing a marathon. If you yeah. under fuel, you're not gonna like make it to the end. So it's the same bit. Like the mental thing of like getting back on the bike. Like especially when it's like in the morning, and like the middle of the night. Out. Like when it's dark and stuff, and like you have time to yourself and if you're trying to like have a bit of a sleep or whatever then like waking back up and then being like fuck I've got to get back yeah. on the bike in like 20 minutes yeah did you guys sleep at all because I I've seen people talk about how they just didn't sleep because they'll just feel shit I, if they I did on one I, I did on one of the stints towards yeah. the end you, you didn't I didn't I didn't once no but I can't really sleep like I can't sleep unless I'm like in a, in a cave <laughs> I literally am oh, like, I didn't sleep for like four Four nights, like one, properly one before the, nights, the week. Like, we literally had to take it turns to stroke his hair. <laughs> and, and it was the only way to get me. And yeah. massage my feet. Yeah, he likes that. It was the only way to, like, but, um, get get me to sleep. <laughs> but I think you've got much more, like, endu not endurance in terms of, well, you have got bike endurance racing, but with the push bike stuff, you've done quite a lot of yeah, I think yeah. stuff. I think it's like just stupid long push bike Yeah, we did like a ten hour cycle, or like it was meant to be like a twelve hour cycle. What? It was a ten hour that? cycle. It was on one of those like static bikes. It was called yeah, e lockdown, it was like an Everest yeah, the beginning oh, of lockdown. Yeah. It was called like the Everest Challenge. So you basically go up the same elevation as Everest, but on a static push bike, like oh, indoors. No. And we did it, there was like maybe like seven or eight of us that did it for charity. Yeah. But it was like it it wasn't grim, it's like we anything. Ended up just if you, all the money yeah. I did. We all like that funded like Partial sponsorship. For the yeah. Charity starts at home. Like, yeah. <laughs> they all got a season of racing out. It's pretty sweet. No, but I think like genuinely with the preparation for it. Mm. That's a big um, thing in that. Yeah. Like, well, that, like that was something that I think is easier to manage when you know what you're in for. Like, yeah. Definitely, you'll think the next one will be easier. Easier. Right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, and I think for me, they've got easier each time. But when you said about the sleep, I only slept on one of the stints, mm. and I found it was much. Well, yeah. They say that though, because you're saying to do with like cortisol or something, and you like yeah, you release your something. cortisol levels, right? Yeah, and I basically then you that. feel shitter, and then you like it's harder to it get. when you was up, like at, at the start, I find it's exciting, isn't it? Especially yeah, when you yeah. start Coming in for the night. That's why I think like, if you have that, it's all like men It's so mental. Like if we started yeah. off and we were in like like third place or something, you'd be on such a high, like especially going into the night, because you're yeah. like can't make any mistakes. Like got to keep your position. But then I felt mint, like come in, it was actually the session 
when Chewie come in, I was just like buzzing. It was like 3 a.m. Yeah. And you jumped oh, off the bike yeah. and we was like jumping around <laughs> hugging. And I went out and was like singing and sort of like laughing in my helmet. And then come round, it's fucking so typical. It was like lap two, and I was like, this is so sick. Yeah. Like pitch black, there's fireworks yeah. going like off, there's bikes on fire. Yeah. I was like, this is insane. And then come around the next corner and was like flying through the air. I actually cleared the Dunlop Bridge at a high side of that big, <laughs> cleared the bridge, and like came down in La Chapelle. And uh, <laughs> no, but then, because like, I had the oil cooler pipe split, yeah. um, which David keeps on saying I kicked off when I was riding yeah, around, yeah, so I didn't want to carry on. Run, so I don't want to get involved in the team politics. Yeah. <laughs> there was actually like, no video of it either, so, and it was honestly, <laughs> genuinely, one of the biggest highlights I've ever had. And I come back, I was like, boys, I don't know how I've got away with that. And they're like, yeah, we don't know whether you're even being honest or not, because we haven't seen it. It's like a big thing in endurance. Like, if you're in a really strong position, and you've already put the pressure on and, and other people are starting to sort of fold around you, uh, then it's just about maintaining, just knocking laps off, not yeah. necessarily taking any risks. So it might have been that that I was able to stay with him. But nonetheless, like you pinch yourself at like three o'clock in the morning thinking, like, how has this happened? Yeah. Like, you're at Spa yeah. in the summer. I was really lucky with the weather. It was absolutely banging. But the point I was trying to make was like, with preparing yourself for it, the... Our third rider, that was with two other riders, GM Martins, who's, who's quite a circuit specialist at Spa, and another guy um, called uh, GP, uh, GN, I can't even remember GN. Pedro, uh, GN yeah. Bianco. Pedro. Pedro, Pedro yeah. Bianco. Anyway, he, um, our slowest rider out of the three of us, crashed on the fifth hour. And okay. Initially, like, I was really excited, and it works where if you've got Reserve riders, they only count up to. Reserve um, riders, they only um, they only count up. They to only count. The idea of having a reserve rider is that if um, if one of your main three riders crash in in the practice or qualifying, then he can step in and you, your fourth rider can also qualify. But the okay. minute the race starts, if one of your three riders goes down. That's it. You're stuck with the three riders, as I say, for, for Spa. One of them crashed on the fifth hour. And initially, my reaction in my naivety, having not done a 24-hour, was, yes, the slowest rider is out. Plus, it means more track time for us. Like, <laughs> oh, you're a bit regretting that. Oh, my God. Like, that was the hardest thing. We did 19 hours with two riders. Yeah. And it was just like, honestly, I was an absolute shell of a man at the end of it. Yeah. But... It's obviously going to get easier than that, mm. but this one I think felt the most relaxed because, like, well, we're all mates at the end of the day. Yeah, so yeah. There's, there's like that that takes a big bit of pressure away, doesn't it? That makes a massive difference, I think, as well. Like going like after a stint, <clears throat> like if you come in, like if you say you come in, and you've had like a half decent stint or whatever, and the next person's like not doesn't look excited to go yeah, out, but not... you're like, or say you've come off of a really good stint, and then the next person's like quite low, then like, oh, it's fine so sick out there like yeah. it's do you know what i mean then straight away you're sort of like g'd up even more it gives you more motivation yeah. to keep going like you, you don't want to undo their work as well no and as well like if you get off a bike it's probably way more of like a job almost like for like the top riders yeah. in like if they're in super bike teams some of them might not even speak like you might get a japanese rider get off and then speak to a french rider and then just sort of be like like thumbs up and then yeah. it's like oh next there's one no on the bike there's no personality <clears> no. you can't have that closeness that bond no Certainly, like seeing the contrast that I have, so and, as in riding with two riders, a Belgique guy and a French guy, which is what I started off with at TRC, yeah. 
I didn't have like that like camaraderie wasn't really there so much because I didn't know these guys. So it can be quite hard sound, to like, keep pushing yourself right. We're really sound and we got on really yeah. well. Uh, we had a good crack and everything else. And I think most like most racers have got that in common and you've got to have a laugh typically. Yeah. Unless they're a complete bell end. But, Just um, like Shuri, like proper pisses me off all but, the time. Um, but yeah, um, unless you're with somebody that like lies about crashing on all those. <laughs> <laughs> like no, um, honestly though, um, like, I've seen it when you don't know the other riders. And mm. I have to say, when I was in Spa, obviously, like you go back to BSB, and like you want to be able to explain it to people, like how sick yeah. it was, or how good this was, how good that was. And people are like, yeah, all right, mate, it's just another race weekend. It's, you don't really take they it. Don't Honestly, I remember um, we're going to Alton Park, and obviously I was riding with the Aprilia team last year, and Tom Oliver came in at that point, like, because he had like, stopped riding the Suzuki, yeah. and then he started riding for the Aprilia, that they run yeah. like a third yeah. bike. And Tom turned up, and like, I was like, oh, what do you think of the bike? Like, so obviously, to me, like, from riding a Suzuki to Aprilia, like, the Aprilia is like, it's, it's all round, like a better bike. It, okay. It's like, yeah. Not taking anything away from the Suzuki, but like you look at the Aprilia, it's like a proper race bike. Mm. And um, I was like, "What's that?" It's like newer technology. It's like newer technology, like the way it's like it's like a 2016 MotoGP bike. Do you know what I mean? So like the chassis, everything was just like mega. Uh, And I was like proper excited to see how much he loved it. And he was like, "Oh yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah." And he was like, "Oh, like," and started talking about world endurance. And I was like you've just ridden around for like 24 hours that must be like savage like not, and he was just like so buzzing about yeah. it's so good and I was like is he actually all right and yeah. it got to the end of the weekend and he was still the same then we went to the next round and he was still the same and I thought it proper made me think straight away I was yeah. like he's so excited about this yeah and you know all we've ever known is BSB and you get yeah, so yeah. caught up in it don't you and then, like, yeah, like, as, as obviously it's, been well it's got its pros and cons, and that. But yeah, but yeah definitely. It's I think the atmosphere and everything, like the people, totally it, yeah, the people at like you, it is completely two different things. Like yeah. you go from, I'm sure it's probably different in like top teams when you're getting paid as a rider in like BSB and that. But even like in our team, like they literally treat you like, yeah, like you are like Valentino Rossi. It's just <laughs> it's so yeah. nice though, and they just they want to do as much for you as possible and they kind of give you like I guess the respect that you probably do deserve it's hard when you have like a team owner and you hear stories of people having like a shit team owner and they're, they're strict on them they don't give them that sort yeah. of not give them slack but they there's no space for them to move around oh, and like God, be yeah. comfortable you can understand if the person's getting paid if the person's there to do a job and the rider's getting paid you can understand yeah. when like a team manager starts to go right you need to really pull pull your finger out your ass and yeah. not keep on crashing or this or that but that's the the difference, I, isn't I, it? I think, another, I think another big thing is is actually the like the bike time. Like obviously, oh. I was down to two riders, mm. as in me and me and Gian at um, at Spa. In that one race alone, I did two full seasons of Ducati Tri Options, which is what I was doing. It is so mental, in like one, one race, two whole seasons. That's including practice and qualifying sessions. Obviously, the Ducatis get like very little time when they did but it's still yeah it's still yeah but even still each race in with stock three or... riders is a full season of stock thousand racing at bsb yeah so the point i was trying to make is like i think naturally most people unless you're like franco born coming back from round one at silverstone 
I think most people come away from a race weekend, or very few people don't, yeah. uh, come away from a race weekend with some form of disappointment because yeah. the, it's a good platform with BSP and they've got a good audience and it's like it's a wicked domestic championship, yeah. but it's short lived and it's like quick first. Yeah. yeah. And like you the amount what? of weekends you come home having spent oh, all yeah. yeah. and and you're so disappointed yeah. with like, what, what you've done. Do you know what it's a bit like? I've only just thought about this now. It's a bit like a round of golf. Not that I really play golf that much. Mm-hmm. So like you've got like 18 holes and how many shots you take over the course. Yeah. Like you can, it's the same with an yeah. endurance race. Like you could have one stint that's mega and like you string a mega amount of laps and you sit behind like some, I don't know, someone who you've idolised, like a world superbike yeah. rider or whatever. You could just have that one thing, but then also have like the massive crash at 3am and like the mental side yeah. of getting over that. Yeah. You still always, there's always something positive to take yeah, back yeah. from it. Whereas well, there's just so much more. There's so much so more to so the, the yeah. opportunity to redeem. What you and you learn as well. Like if you do, like you say, like you, exactly, had, learned, you had that crash yeah. and went back out and it wasn't like, you went slow or like was like oh it's kind of got to my head because you can instantly go straight back out mm. you can then like overcome what you've just done yeah. so it's like whereas a bsb race say you crash it like lap five of the of the fight of like the main race you then got to wait like two weeks before you go back again yeah. and you're sort of like i'm in a gnar in, but yeah. you're be- letting it sit in yeah. your head and you're sort of overthinking it and well thinking, that's what? and it's so easy to do that especially yeah. like when i come in from the the, the high side at like 3 a.m. come back in and I'm thinking like obviously I knew I'd either ridden over oil or the bike had like had something happen so then when I come back in I'm sort of like thinking oh was it me was it the bike was mm. it because we didn't actually 100% know at the time okay. yeah and then you Chewie was there and I'm like I've, I've just like literally had a massive crash like I'm like how yeah, I don't even know yeah. like how I got up from it because it was like five like three five degrees and Oh, it's just, like, it's, and then so, it's like and, mentally. I thought the race was the over. Bike back yourself, don't you? Yeah. How the fuck did you manage? I that? literally just had to push the bike back, and then which actually wasn't where I was at Dunlop. It was like yeah, and most of it yeah. was downhill. I had to push one bit uphill. Then we, I thought the race was over because there's obviously oil, fuel everywhere. Yeah. Then they got the bike back. Then the guy come to check, so I'd obviously whack my head pretty hard. Did the FIM had to take my helmet, check that. And then yeah. she was like, "Are you up for going back out? Like, if you can." I'm thinking. Like, no, I don't reckon I can. I'm yeah. <laughs> That was pretty <laughs> right. big. And then he was like, I think like you just need yeah, to get your kit back on and go back yeah. out. And you do, you literally, and within like mm. two, three laps, I was just like, well, it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about and it, it. And it's quite like, it takes it back to basics. It's like when you're first starting to learn how to ride a motorbike, you have to keep get back on it as soon as you crash. Because I, mm. I freaked myself out, got back on it, and I was still freaked out because I'd left it for so long. So yeah. whether you're learning or racing at a professional level you've just got to push yourself through that oh, mindset definitely, otherwise yeah. you're going to sit there and i think the other, the other thing is as well with the endurance is it's such a team game like yeah more than most things most sports in fact because of the enormity of it particularly in the 24 hour well our team there's i think there's 44 people in the team in total yeah um you know the um, atmosphere has to be good, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you actually yeah, yeah. probably wouldn't do it. Exactly, like, if the yeah. people in the you team and your teammates were crap, yeah. Like, yeah. There's so much, like, and it's not, it's not like a burden either. It's not like a weight. Like, a bit, almost, I'd probably say a bit like, obviously, I've not done a TT, but, you know, like, you, if you can do a TT, you're a hero, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like, so yeah. It's like, almost just for completing it, you're, you're, oh, you're yeah. a hero. And it's like, with the endurance, I think it's so respected by everybody, you know, even down to what Tom was just saying then, like getting mm. back out, like getting back on it. 
the short circuit mentality might be, oh yeah, I'm cussed, I'm concussed, or um, yeah, you know, like you're right away. For, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Reasons because you know that you need to perform at that absolute. Like, and you want to edge. shut yourself off when you feel yeah. like you can't. And if you don't yeah. feel, if you don't feel like hundred, hundred percent, then you're not confident that you're going to be able to go out there and do it. Whereas mm. the endurance is enough time to get over that. Like, mm. yeah. like obviously when when Tom went right. back out, like he was riding like an absolute melon. It was embarrassing for <laughs> everyone. And and like you know, don't get me wrong. There was a good hour where forty-four people at least thought he's a proper helmet for for, for even getting back. Well, that's most weekends, then, isn't it? Yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, but you know, he was able to redeem that marginally. So <laughs> 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 oh. you've done Star and the One now, but Tom, this was like your first experience, yeah. really. So how did you find because obviously you jumped straight off the stock thousand mm. straight into endurance how did you find that transition on your mentality really like how much you have to change your mindset on it um i mean to be honest it's like i guess like doing bsv for however like many years and like sort of like building up and like coming off like a half decent year last year there's like quite a lot of like if i was to go back into what i was doing mm. i'd obviously want to pick up where i left off and go better even more so if I was to go back into stock foul like this year, mm. I would like want to be consistently on the podium and like challenging for the title. Yeah. Whereas going over to this, it's like actually quite nice because it's yeah. a complete that like, I can't tell you how much of like a breath of fresh air it is because yeah. there's no expectation. There's no like, no, no one's like, I haven't put any pressure on myself, no. but there's no pressure from mine. There's no pressure from the team. Yeah. And you're like back to an underdog. It's like starting from scratch. It's like going back to BSB and starting off in like stock 600. Yeah. And like you've got to work your way up, but it's such a nice like atmosphere. And I think yeah. the people, like teammates and stuff like that, it I don't know. It's like it is. It's like the other thing as well. It's it's got such a festival vibe to it. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, the videos that you put on your story of those oh, mopeds, mental, yeah. ridiculous. Right. Actually, insane. Yeah, and and like I think certainly a spoiler for me because I'm I I absolutely hate. I was a little shit at school because I hate being told what to do. And um, unfortunately, it's a bit health and safety gone mad. And that's just oh, like it? the nature of everything. Mm. Well, oh, it's yeah. not just BSB, like just everything in, in, in general. The UK it's in UK, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you go to France. It's like arse covering, isn't it? Like, yeah. Has to cover their arse. It's because of like insurance whereas, and all. Whereas just... at the World Endurance, like I'm not joking, there's like, I, there, you get like eight people on a, on a, on a quad bike. Like on each other's shoulders, just roaming oh, about. Like, yeah. when, I was, when I was at Baldor, there was like all these, like they're, they're obviously like racers or fans or whatever, um, or club racers and their children. And there was literally about 10 kids, and they must have been about six or seven years old, all with their full leathers on, on mini motos. And the dads are like, right, see you later then, boys. Like they just come back to the camp just to fill their bikes up. And then go and out again. Off, yeah. Yeah. Off road and things like yeah. the south of France. It's quite hot and dusty and yeah. and whatnot. These kids are just off like roaming about. That's and mental. You think of BSD, like sometimes you pay so much money, like you you, you want to go and enjoy it. Yeah. And like for me, I went like I liked riding motorbikes when it first started out for me. Mm. Like tearing around on a, probably a bit of land that you shouldn't even be on. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just and it felt like you were free. Yeah. So you could describe particularly Le Mans, but the EWC and its fans in, in its entirety, it's almost like saying to 100,000 petrol heads, this is your last day on earth. 
fucking bring what you go mad and mm. do your worst yeah and it is literally like at, do you remember um le mans at like five or six o'clock in the morning or something it seemed like there was loads of fog right the, the, the yes, last yeah. bit of the circuit on the last you yeah could see on the tv like i was even riding around on my stint thinking like surely they're actually gonna have gonna to bring sh- a safety car out because you can't you literally see. couldn't see it was smoke. actually smoke, smoke from, from all, all the, the bikes and they oh, put they hell. get these bikes and they fill the bikes up like they put down the exhaust pipe yeah. they just fill them up with oil and there's probably like I don't know we went on Thursday night so like yeah. half the, like probably 80% of the people aren't even there but on like a Saturday night there's got to be like over 150 is, bikes yeah. like bounce, probably at more least, than that yeah, more at least 150 bikes bouncing off the limiter yeah, these bikes would save us by so you imagine all of them pluming out smoke that's the half the track no they don't they're just like go there for that absolute like Shit it's literally like it's like walking through a war zone. We were there. And it, <laughs> it, it was. It was yeah. like that when I was in Baghdad. It's so it's wicked though. That's a good thing I found. This one in particular, like it was sick at Old Door having Tom there in contrast to Spa. Yeah. Because it was like having my mate there. So it was like, did you just see? That? Yeah, I yeah. Did you see the quad bike or those kids I just said about yeah. on the Camino's? And like this time, we ventured out. Um, like Super Soco were well sound, um, and they they sponsor us uh, like a um, electric scooter for yeah. the ground, and uh, and it's quite funny because we're going into like a helm of petrol heads, like which are just fucking mad about backfiring their motorbike. And they're like trying to get us to rev the scooter yeah, up, and, and obviously and they realise they're like, like <laughs> Tesla push like um, <laughs> mopeds basically. Cool to do it like as a trio of mates, you know? Yeah. What I mean? And we were like. It, like, it makes it more fun and enjoyable. Yeah, oh, yeah, you definitely. do. You embrace it more, yeah. enjoy it more. And, 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 like, I thought it was mega on that front. That, it was that good. Really yeah. enjoyed that. So, sort of, obviously, you had your crash at 3 a.m. Yeah. Coming back, did you ever think, I could just bolt right now? I'm going to go. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tom, oh, so funny. Tom, yeah. Tom said he we, did, yeah. We, um, like, I, I thought that was the end of the race. Then when I come back and then I was obviously, like, then you go from, like, this high to then this low and you're like, like, you just, I was just thinking, like, I don't want to go back out on the bike because mm. kind of, like, you're almost worrying, like, oh, is it going to happen again? Yeah. Like, especially with something like that, it just completely comes out of the blue. Like, you can understand, like, if you're pushing too hard and, like, going a second, two seconds a lap quick and you're, yeah. you're having moments all the time and all of a sudden you're pinged through the air. Yeah. But then when I come back in, I just sort of thought, like I don't know you get over it quite quick but then I think it was two stints after that I was a bit like not I didn't want to go out but it's like oh, I've got to go out now yeah but Tom Tom goes so when I come in I'd only done two laps so Tom was like in the back in between sessions you go into the back of the truck and you get like a massage and you sort of like yeah. eat and drink and then you kind of like it, chill out have a bit of a sleep and then I got back and I was sort of like a bit like because it's like 3 a.m., yeah, you're like half yeah, asleep, bizarre. and you're like, is this, has that really just happened? Have yeah. I like, had a crash? And so then, so I think you were there, weren't you? Yeah, and yeah. then, I was like, to say, right, yeah, right. he was like, you're right. I think everyone was a bit, because I'd obviously like whack my head. Mm. And then Thomas has come out of the, <laughs> of the back of the truck with like an eye mask on up here, like in his pants. So did he have like a towel? Yeah, he looked like, like Hawaii. Yeah, he looked like he was being like pampered, like, like you know, and they pulled the cucumber off their <laughs> eyes. And he was like, are you all right? And then he oh, went back inside. But he said to us the next day, he was like, at that point, like I then had to go back out for like 55 minutes in. Yeah. And he said that it, he was apparently lying there and he went to himself, 
I could just run away. Right now. <laughs> what you told me. I could just run away and no one would know, but no one would find me. <laughs> but you do have them kind of thoughts because yeah. it is, it's a bit like, I've, I've said it multiple times, but it's a bit like asking someone halfway through a marathon, are you having a good time? Like, are you enjoying yourself? Like, no one's going to no. say yes, are they? So I, I think I was, I was quite lucky, like, having done spa with two riders. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine it could ever get harder than that. So like no. Nah. Really yeah, I can imagine it'd be a pretty worst. savage. That's why it's like, probably quite good because then you're like everything now that you've done is I mean. getting better yeah. and better. I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Like I was, we were doing back to back skins. Did you think that when um, when I crashed, did you think that you might have to do? I thought that we had. You were concussed. Really? Because well, if you were concussed, like really, yeah, that was only what three in the morning when you. It crashed. would have been the same. Yeah. How many so hours? We've done twelve we've hours. Done twelve hours. So we'd have had, we'd have done half the race. That's the other thing to get your head around. Like You'll be at 3am like and it's only half of it done. Oh, like yeah. I was like, oh, we're actually that. not far from the end. But then when the sun comes up, like the sun come up for my stint, didn't it? That's weird as well. Because like, you're riding around half the track, like you're coming into turn one, turn two, and it's literally like getting bright. Yeah. And then you go around the, down the back straight and it's still dark. Like and then you've obviously got all the smoke and stuff. It's really yeah. like weird. But obviously then you come back to life as soon as the sun comes up. Yeah. You're like... you. It's a bit like the, uh, I, I think I think Spa was easier on that part because Spa for some reason it goes from twelve till twelve. Oh, oh so okay. you knew you're like or halfway or like local time, but for some reason Le Mans and, and I heard this on somebody else's podcast. I don't think anyone really knows why, um, but it starts at three and it always has done. So it runs three till three. Yeah. But the problem is like you get up. Like what time did you get up on a race day? Like we're probably up at yeah. seven in the morning. Yeah, we were. So yeah. You've, you've already been up. You were up seven. at like ten to nine. Yeah. About yeah, four yeah. minutes before right. the session. <laughs> that was one of the worst. T- t- on two occasions, I said to stay in my levers because they were looking for Shuey. <laughs> I would be like getting a massage, and I've obviously just done a stint. Tom's out for yeah. like fifty-five minutes, whatever. I'm getting like a massage, trying to get some food and drink on board. And then this guy called um, Steve comes in. Was it Steve? Yeah, yeah Steve, Steve comes in. And uh, he's like, has anyone seen uh, has anyone seen Shuey? Uh, we can't <laughs> we can't find him. <laughs> like this. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh fucking, hell, I'm gonna have to get changed back into my left. And then it was on the second to last one, I think. And then he just come in with like, you have a countdown like three, two, one on the pit board, yeah. so you know when you're out. Yeah. And I've literally got all my stuff there, like literally zipped up everything, ready to go. And then Shuey just walked in, so I'm out, I'm out, <laughs> <laughs> and just jumped on the bike. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I that's think the other good thing as well that, that felt the biggest difference for me. Like we we went together and we came back together. Yeah, yeah. it was like, a full. We, we it's just like experience. the whole we thing. Like home that was like way too small. Yeah. So we were literally living in each other. Yeah, pockets. it was a joke. And, like, and then um, Shuey got the shittest camp I've ever seen. Like <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I didn't even want to oh, turn Dad, up. You need it to get was a better one so for us. <laughs> Well, hopefully... Uh, We've got a sponsor on board, haven't we? Like, yeah. Yeah. Clive Ward. But, um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is, like, if, much if we had a, even if we had a shit week and we, like, finished crap, like, yeah. which, like, we didn't... We finished well, eight. We which is it. Yeah, it wasn't great, like, like we genuinely... Really yeah, luck, we? we had, like... But considering the cards you were dealt with, to get eight in yeah, your first experience as a team together, yeah. yes, you... you Ridden with Tom before. If our pace suggested we should. If you looked into it, which oh, hundred percent, like hundred percent. That's that's the thing that if you properly look into it, which no one will want to. First of all, watch a a race for twenty four hours, or then sift through like eight hundred laps or whatever you've done. But if you actually look at it, it is like I like it's it's always that thing. I think 
as a rider like you always want you know like the fastest lap of the race or you want like i don't know like the most impre- impressive yeah, something yeah. or whatever but if you actually look and dissect like every single lap we actually did like a really good job and it's hard yeah. for a rider to say oh yeah actually we did a good job but yeah. like overall we were so so consistent yeah, and we we all said like if we can stick to a pace yeah and sit there like we know we will be there or thereabouts it's, we, it's, we, it's, it's the same though with like most most certainly at the like the point your end of most of the classes at bsp yeah. for example like you know you can be like i don't know at silverstone like 15 in yeah. your superbikes, but you're only like half, not even half a second off of the Yeah. Bike. Oh yeah, like the top you know, ten can, this year were separated totally, by like. Yeah. Like that's all you look tenths. at. Like, I think other races would appreciate and 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 will definitely know that obviously it's it's actually it does lend itself to to us having some good results in the future. Yeah. Right? And that's that that gives loads of promise. Yeah. Bearing in mind, we've like, never really like I've done a track there at Le Mans, but then Tom and Shuey had never seen it, so it's like. It's easy enough going. Oh, we've had like loads of time we on the bike, but even half, even on the last session, you're still learning as well. new stuff. The three right. of you haven't been together to do that. Yeah. You know, you spent time thing, together, yeah. but this is a different. That's right. why we, we knew each other were pricks, but just not not as yeah. bigger pricks as like. <laughs> Did you guys ever think like you're gonna strangle each other at some point? Oh no. yeah. Let me tell oh, you oh, one yeah, story. Yeah. Okay, come on, man. Shuri absolutely lost his head. It was so funny. He's literally the biggest bitch you've ever seen. No, we were going. He wanted to get a photo for this super soccer thing, and like. I am really bad, so I wind people up, but people can't tell when I'm joking. Tom can, but <laughs> and no, I, in I, all fairness, I was proper. I was proper. But you were just being a prick. Then, yeah, there was yeah. like an, there was like there was like eight pictures, and like we got the bike on the stand, <laughs> and then he really was, wanted to get it done. done. We just done. We just done the press thing for the Eurosport. Oh yeah, the the team thing. Like then, then Which we relate for every of, single thing. Then they do a photo of like all of the teams on the yeah. side. Then on the side, yeah. Um, then in the like, garage or something. So you've like done that. all this like conformity stuff running around. Like, Getting in and out your levers and that. Yeah. Like, we may as well get together. But by this time, <laughs> the fucking air had got to this one's head. Um, <laughs> Once like, I like start winding someone up, I can't stop. That's why my brother used to punch me all the time. Him and Tom. He was just setting Tom off. <laughs> well, once me and Tom get like but it's the same like if we whoever's <laughs> there's always two people like winding someone up yeah so basically you like acted like a five-year-old yeah then Shuri it was proper funny and it was like being like a fight always like being in like relationship you know and they cut like when you come back like I'm really sorry start groveling yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, overall funny. though we got on we got oh like so mint well, yeah we? like honestly jokes aside we're, yeah. we're all so different but got on so yeah, well that's what's like, quite it funny it works it actually works like perfectly mm. and, and, like, and the pace wise as well yeah like david was like, by far the fastest like in the last session yeah i think like, <laughs> yeah like, i did do about six <laughs> seconds a lap on <laughs> the lap record uh no that's one thing i was going to say I was gonna say that's one thing that um it does really show you like with with racing like putting a different like twist what you see when you go into like endurance racing is like when we go to when you go racing or go to a track there where mm. what everyone looks at just one single lap time yeah, yeah. whereas like what you realize is like race pace like an actual 
like if you can be consistent like if someone yeah, could do half a second riding. slower than the fastest lap but do the same one every single time yes and yeah. that's what you realize in MotoGP like when you see like the bang knives and yeah, like their tire it's like it's so impressive and that is what wins you races yeah. like obviously qualifying and stuff but qualifying in our thing doesn't really mean anything no. so it's weird because like BSB you're always building up for just like a lap time aren't you yeah. really because it's like with endurance, you, you can't win it on the first lap. You no. can't. Well, Greg Blackford. You can lose. Yeah, yeah. But that's what we said, wasn't it? We our qualifying unfortunately got like messed up because it was wet. Okay. And, stayed, and it was like drying, and then we were still on wet. So then, because you got to take two riders' times, then the next session was like pretty much dry, and then Tom's session was wet. So yeah. then we ended up starting where we shouldn't. We should have started if we had had our actual times. We'd have started like top five. Yeah. But then we were like. You're not going to make up, even if you start dead last, yeah. you can still quite easily win the race. Yeah, only qualifying, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's only a start finish race, mm. you know. That's it, yeah. yeah. So, um, obviously, there you, you started. That initial thought of, I've got to go and get this bike really fucking quickly, but I also can't mess it up. How was. What, at the start of the race? Yeah. Oh, it was so yeah, embarrassing, it was actually... honestly. It was like. Fucking <laughs> hell! How, what was going through your no. mind at that point? Um, yeah, but it's a tough one at the start of the race. I actually, I said to both of you, didn't Just, I? Like, yeah. I didn't want to, I didn't want to feel any pressure. Like, I normally start like really well in, in most races, but um, but when. I think the main thing is just like staying out of trouble. Like, you Bradley, just, you've been yeah. like Bradley Smith yes. last year. You know, he's he's like super experienced, obviously, MotoGP rider, yeah. factory teams. Uh, like, you know, his experience, like, doesn't even they're thinking about in comparison yeah. to mine and yet he was able to find himself in a really tricky position mm. I know that was down to a bit of a fault on the bike but that can happen to anybody on the grid and it yeah. does and it's not you, you know when people say about like you go out for a Sunday ride and people go be careful and you go yes all right I know my limits and they go yeah but it's not you it's everyone else on the road yes well that couldn't be more real at the start of the endurance race yeah. because like everything it's like dominoes and this like a guy went down mid pack like yeah. Probably in the top 15, somebody went down on the start. It was just ahead of oh, you yeah, guys, that, wasn't it? And that was the Wojit bike, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think it was Kevin Manfredi and, on the Wojit bike. And he went down, and literally, like, all I saw was just this bike sideways. Like, I'm heading straight towards, flat out there Fucking in the hell. first gear. And then, all of a sudden, you've got to make a decision. You're trying where do to, you go? Trying to calculate where this bike's going, where the rider's going. There's, what, 64 bikes starting to Yeah, race. so you've got another, like, 30 or so people so behind you. Like, at least 30 people behind you, which is probably oh. the depth of most grids. Yes, BSB, yeah. Which is busy enough. Like, mm. You know, so you, you're right in the thick of, like, a load of trouble just about to unfold. Mm. Because, obviously, then the incident of Greg Black and Josh Hurt, were you, did you see that happen? No, not at all. No. I was fucking way back. <laughs> no, uh, got me binoculars it, it, out there, it's boy. It's quite interesting because the, the top EWC boys, they yeah. literally, like, um, I don't know if you've seen... Silver Their Black bikes start so fast. Yeah. They oh, they like, 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 start short circuit racing yeah. for as long as possible. And they, like, Silver Black and alluded to it in um, in the Chase of the Racing pod yes. about, uh, he said that, um, like, the, this new Just kind like of strategy now is about almost treating it like a short circuit race to put pressures on the other teams because the more that other teams are under pressure, the more likely mistakes they are, are yeah. for them to make mistakes. And once you've almost forced everybody into a mistake, if that goes your way and it does mm. play out that way, which obviously it didn't for 
still ran at the start of the race. Um, or Greg Black even. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you end up like, um, you know, then you can sort of ride a bit more conservative and be a bit more yeah. calm and, you know, run with a strategy. But it's, it was interesting to hear Sylvain say that because I definitely didn't have that approach. Like at the start of Le Mans, yeah. I definitely just wanted to keep my nose clean mm. and just like, just bring it home for the first game. That was my main objective. Yeah. But I think listening to Sylvain talking about that, yeah. like, next race, I'm just going to run it straight up the inside <laughs> of everyone. Just straight like the Caddy's race. They're going to call me T-Bone Shoey. So, <laughs> there was one crash where, I can't remember who it was, so many fucking names to remember, where Guy went wide, went straight over the gravel, then as he came back on oh, circuit, yeah, that was some guy, I see that. that. Yeah. yeah. That was a stock cut, wasn't it? Yeah, they took out Guy the Kazuki. Well, yeah, actually, that was pretty bad. I think, I don't but there was oil on the track. Yeah, so that was the one. That's when De Pugna and that went that straight that on, was, wasn't it? That was, um, I was actually out in that stint because I came up the You can't. Straight. Oh, it's Basically, so, whenever you're on track, carnage happens. Is what oh, I mean. Yeah, pretty much. That's yeah. one thing I would say that I didn't realise it was going to be as bad as like not really ever watching a full endurance race was like how many bikes blow up, how many people, mm, like, yeah. like, not actually really many people crash through, like, Basically, like pushing too hard yeah. or having like a crap. Apart from Shuey, like just fucking. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but like, no, genuinely, people don't like it's problem. Like problems like with a bike is usually what causes a crash because no one really yeah. like crashes in that sense. So, and and it's like a bike blowing up. How many bikes must have blown up in that race? Yeah, like I ten bikes. At least two. Like, like there must have been ten oh, bikes right. blow up or like have problems like with all yeah. all the pipes and stuff. Well, which then obviously people you just crash on. Yeah. Without even, you're just riding round, mind your own business, and then next thing you're on the floor. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, in a BSB race, how many people get run into issues? Oh. And that's what, 20, 30 minutes? You imagine a bike, a bike is literally running for 24 hours. It never, it's well, it switches ridiculous. off for what? Maximum like 15 seconds, 20 seconds. Yeah. It's off, and then it's back on, and then yeah. just flat out. Yeah. Like, it's, it's actually really pretty awesome. insane what yeah, the yeah, engines go through and like how. You can see why obviously there's so many issues with bikes. Yeah, because it's it's con it's so demanding on the bike that you are you kind of waiting for something to go wrong like. Nah, I think that if you think... rode like that, you would be like I did that after my session because I didn't know at the time what had gone wrong. So yeah. now I was thinking like ah oh, like if if say something has gone wrong with my bike, how do I know it's not going to happen mm. again? Do you know what I mean? Because but then if you ride like that, I was riding like two or three seconds off what I was doing, yeah. and then as I got to halfway through the session, I thought. It, you can't if you ride like that there's no point in us even being out there yeah, so you've just got to then yeah you've just got to trust it and, and go I think yeah. we are quite lucky like our team they they are uh, you can't believe how they, they, fast they can fix that they've got a really good statistic like, I'm pretty sure is they're the only people to have and they have finished every single race they've started so like, since like 1996 and, and this, yeah this goes oh. back like, you know that's the team you want behind you yeah but that's yeah. the thing it is like when they say the tortoise and the hare it is literally that an endurance racing yeah like i'm not like the the boys in front of us adss they did a meg like a mega job yeah. like they finished seventh like, like yeah. and yeah. but like they were just dead consistent like they had a problem at the beginning as well but it just shows like yeah, if you can keep way, mega yeah. consistent and just stay like you just if you if you go around and you just think i've just got to be so hard because obviously you need to be pushing yeah and sometimes when you don't push you're actually more likely to have a crash aren't yeah. you because like and, and they had some the bike as well really, at the had, beginning of the race like, i think they had something like four 
four pit stops in three laps. Like pit, extra, sorry, yeah. Three pit stops so they had a crash at the like beginning, that. and yeah. most people would be like, oh, they're out of the race. But then they ended up finishing seventh. Yeah, so one, it, one it shows it's like. Last, yeah. It feels like 10 minutes later, which is probably like five hours later. Yeah. They were only like two or three places behind yeah, us. Yeah. And you're like, how the fuck is that? Yeah. And if you like look at lap times again, you'd be like, oh, like like one lap time they're not actually as quick but if you stay consistent like even if you're doing like a 41 or 42 mm. round like Le Mans but you stay like that if even when you go out of the pits and on your in lap like if you can stay that consistent you're making up so much time yeah if I if I sit at like a 39 for the whole stint which is what 30 laps that's 30 yeah. seconds you could literally lose make or gain on an out lap and an in lap yeah. easily like 15 yeah. 15 seconds yeah, couldn't definitely. you so, so when you obviously have those crashes and you had those setbacks and you were losing a few laps to people, like how did you find when you both went out knowing that you've got to make up a lot of time? Did you think I've got to stay consistent or we I've never got... had that. I think no. that's the I was actually saying this earlier to Tom that I think if we'd start the race, like say we had qualified say we had qualified in like the top three and yeah. we got away and like going into the night we were top three you're going to be so much more like alert. And because we started down, we were slowly building. I think we got into sixth before my crash. Yeah, we, did, yeah. we got into sixth and we were like, this is obviously quite good. We were still quite a way off the leaders, but not, not like mental. Then we had the crash and then it's almost like not, you can then relax because then it's almost like, Oh, it'd be impossible for us to w win the race yeah. now. But then in reality, we would have actually, if we hadn't have had that crash and we had stayed on, we would have been on the podium. Yeah, so been, even yeah. with a 35 minute. Well, other people's misfortune is nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Like, which is which is crazy because uh, we only dropped one space when I had the crash. Went back out and was in seventh. And then you kind of think, oh, the race is over. But if if you always think, oh, there's still a chance that we can do well yeah. here, which we would have done, wouldn't we? Yeah. And then Shuey just literally decides to just launch up the road for yeah. no reason. Literally just he was just like got fed up. So that's what I did. So did you crash the bike? I did, yeah. But then we ended up crash. still, uh, even with his crash and my crash, we lost an hour and five minutes. Was it longer than that? that? How bad? How bad was your hour and a half? Yeah. I had um, and and my, that was that was really annoying. He my, pulled my the crash. other oil cooler pipe off the, just to crash. <laughs> Prove a point. On that and just said to everyone that I was sent to the moon. <laughs> um, no, I I had um, we had there was one set of discs that seemed to be in circulation that somehow got back into circulation. Or it's a wheel. That, I think. Oh. It's, I think it was a, it, like it, a bent it was wheel. A wheel. Whatever it was, there was there was one front wheel that something that, that should have been in yeah, there. That, that where it yeah, had, it was something to do with the brake. Basically, as soon as you touch the brake, um, it just it was pumping really bad. Mm -hmm. um, and in the in the night, oh, was it in the night? No, it was in the, it, it was like, like early in the morning, morning wasn't it? And um, and it was one of the like the first light stints. And I uh, went out. It's freezing cold anyway, so yeah. like, you're not necessarily like pushing because you know the track temps going to be yeah. a lot less. Um, and, and yeah, I was just trailing, trail breaking into a corner and it was on my outlap, so it wasn't even like, it, like you're, you're pushing, but with a full tank of fuel, the, um, the front brake, it just like, it, it pumped on the way into this corner and the next thing it just folded and it did a, like an unjustifiable amount of damage. For where it crashed as well, it's probably like the slow, it is the slowest corner on the track. Oh. Like if you crashed at like turn two at Snare, yeah. you would just, like if a front ender, you would just slide pick the bike up, you could literally stay on your side, pick the bike up and run, carry it on. But yeah. yours, it went over, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, the other thing is, like, the experience of our team, which is why they've got the statistic that they have mm. in terms of, like, longevity and, and finishing the races, 
is because of their mindset. Yeah. It definitely differs to mine. Like, so that crash, they didn't need to change the rad. They didn't need to do, I don't think. Yeah. But I had a, that, that little crash that I had, I cut the front. Um, they change things precautionary. Like, if it's going to be in any way, they'd rather take an extra two minutes mm. and, and then change something else. Yeah. And change something that's potentially going to be fractured yeah. or broken yeah. in, to save that. Whereas our short circuited, short sighted mentality yeah. would have definitely not. I was literally going, oh, that's all right. Like, yeah, just leave it as it is yeah, and then carry on. on it and go off. Yeah, but when you think about it, like, you forget that you're then going to go off potentially for another four hours. Which could be like what three rounds and, and one that, little bit. Yeah, just and by that point that you've done rest. like three pit stops because something's gone wrong and yeah. they haven't fixed yeah. it all at once, and it's like that. Like, I would have definitely oversighted. Yeah. Um, if it was left to, to my stupid devices, but luckily we've got a really good team with yeah. loads of experience. It so. is mad how quick, and everyone's got like a, a, a job, so like everyone knows what they're doing. Like if someone's yeah. on handlebars, they change like a whole. It's a bit like in Superbike, they have a whole handlebar set up ready, up, all made up, and it's literally everything's so quick release. So you can't release. have a spare bike, but you can have it pre... You, what they do is, at the beginning, ready. you have two bikes which you can use for practice and qualifying, then you basically choose the better bike, which is always okay. like the number one bike is usually better. But then as soon as they do the start, and they knew, like as soon as they do the start, they wheel the spare bike out the back, then they basically strip it within an inch of its life. Yeah. So if, say, like an engine goes, but if an engine blows up, you can't you you can't take another engine and put it back in. No. You actually have to take that engine the engine cases that have blown up and physically rebuild the engine, yeah. which is mental. And um, on the Chasing Racing podcast, the most recent one, Christian Eden spoke about the mod, and he said that the safety car was, oh, is nothing mental. like BSB safety cars. It was taking the piss, like well, at how slow it is. Yeah. yeah. Do you find it like really frustrating? Like. Otherwise, I'm just going to get cold. At all. I, think the only thing I, I only got one. Is... Tom Tom Oliver had about 12 safety I, cars. I, you had about I, four. I had, I had quite a few. I and I, I, I had, and I had I one for like one lap. Literally two or three. In the yeah. Stint at the oh, yeah, I remember race. that, yeah. And, and like, obviously, you're mindful of the, the tyres getting cold and everything else, but everyone's in the same boat. Yeah. yeah. But the bit that was really gutting, where it was unfortunate, was um, like they deployed two safety cars. So yeah. that's going to be different because of the size of the field. So there's 64 bikes on the grid. Like they have to separate. They can't have everybody behind one safety no. car initially. So they have two deployments of safety cars at two exactly the, the exactly the same time. Exactly the same and time. And then they sit exactly the same speed. That's why but, Christian's but then, probably saying because you can't have one overtake the other. Halfway through the safety procession. So when whatever it is that they're doing, well, as soon as they've got it under under control, they bring one of the safety cars in. And then the rest yeah. of the group merges. Depending on where you have your safety car, depends on whether you're at the front or the back of it. So, for an example, I was right for a lot of the safety this cars. This is yeah. I was right behind the safety one car. Of the safety car. Yeah. So if you're right at the back, you've actually made an advantage. Because you've made a whole lap. Because you've made right up or, or a oh, half a lap. Okay. That's yeah, why on the first three times we had it, he was like the fourth person. Yeah. But it's double disadvantage really because. You've lost to the people in front of you. So if someone's just nipped ahead of you and missed that safety car, they're going to be on the back of the next one. So they've made up half a lap. Yeah. Yeah. But as well, if you're like the first, second, third rider behind, you've get you've got no marker or margin of people to how hard to push. Yeah. Yeah. So well, it's really easy after, for someone to crash. Safety car, I was following like there was three bikes in front, right? Mm. There was like so I'm mindful of like you need to get some heat back in your tires, take it easy. And you come over the pit, over the over the line, and the pit board says cold tires. And then, um, literally, we came into the next left hander, 
and the bike right in front of me touched the front until like, it had cold tires. And I was like, oh shit, like, obviously not like we haven't got enough heat in them yet. Yeah. I like to, to push on. Um, and it was at the start of a stint, so like quite a lot of fuel in the bike as well. And um, and then come to the next corner, and the bloke in front of him, he tucked the front. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, oh my god, there's only one person there in the front. And yeah. We're setting the pace for everybody behind us. So it was that was touch and go because then yeah. you do actually have to think, oh bugger, like this is. You have almost again, it's like the start thing. You're actually better off rather than being a hero for two laps and overtaking yeah. everyone you're actually almost better again overtaken by everyone yeah. then seeing if people crashing or whatever because yeah. you're not you're gonna going make to make up yeah even if you made up half a lap again you're gonna like if you risk crashing yeah. you're gonna lose way more time it's yeah. just using your head when you're out on track yeah like, up, how are you about... feeling heading into so we're joining from this weekend next next, next weekend, weekend yeah next we're, weekend. Gonna, we're just gonna do like a bit of practice with yeah. no limits um british endurance um with me tom and chewy um, yeah, we decided that like, we're going to do a bit of a like a, a UK. We've we've got um, some good bikes. We've gone with the GSXR yeah. thousand stock bikes, which we've acquired from uh, mostly from Hawk Racing from their their last year's stock bikes. Um, so like they're good pedigree bike, um, and and they're well built and everything else, and well tested. Um, and the only reason we're doing it is to try and obviously stay bike fit for the endurance bikes and the CRT. So. Um, we've decided we're going to do four BSB wild cards yep. in the stock thousand class. Okay. Um, and because we haven't really done like publicised at all yet, um, and uh, and we're going to do two or three of the no limits endurance. Mm -hmm. um, so, and this is all just like obviously we want to we want to be pushing like particularly um, on these bikes because they're not our practice like they're, they're, they're our practice bikes. Yeah. So, this is like, we want to stay sharp, and, and that's where the British paddock is, like, where it's at. Because yeah. It, the no limits endurance is, is just straight testing for us, really. So we're yeah. going to do it on Dunlop tyres, just okay. to stay familiar with those. Um, but that's the first round for us, is the 700km endurance yeah. next weekend um, at, at, um, at Donington. So, yeah. yeah. We're looking forward to having a go out on our own bike or something, really. Yeah. Me and, me and Tom, obviously, when we met you down at um, Lidden, um, did a bit of instructing last weekend. And then, yeah, we've got next week is the uh, Donington, Donington 700km endurance. Yeah. Uh, after that, we've got a few weeks until Spa. Yeah, we're going to Spa uh, and then do a couple of track days. Yeah. We'll do a, a pre-test mm -hmm. um, and then, and then the, the, the endurance weekend. So that'll be round two for us. We've also got, um, uh, after that, we're going to do Brands GP for the BSB. Yeah. And, and hopefully we've, we've got, well, we're trying to line something up at the moment with, with Eric and Team Boss, which, which we're really sort of hoping and praying on with, with Suzuka. Um, to go wow. into Suzuka in August um, as a stock team. We need some sponsors. Oh, yeah. Massive yeah. sponsors. Quite cool, because that, that is one thing, like obviously ADSS, they're um, like a British team, like they're a British UK team, yeah. and then they've got um, well, saying that they won't have British all British riders, will they? But they're kind of in the same boat as us, so we, like we're all like out there representing the UK. So it'd be quite cool to get, you know, what I mean, like it's difficult with getting sponsors from the UK to help out with stuff which is like international. Yeah. Because sponsorship is what it is, isn't it? Like. Yeah. Not I, many. I think ultimately, like we're not trying to earn money out of riding motorbikes. Obviously, it would be nice. That for it to be cost neutral would yeah. be ideal but because it's just every the same. year we've spent a fortune, yeah. not only of our own money, but 
going out seeking sponsors. Yeah. But we're we're three lads that have been used to racing competitively. Like obviously Tom's been like pushing for for stock podiums and stuff, and Tom Oliver's you know done stock six hundreds super sport and then stock thousand with yeah. really good teams, and and there's also been Tom's teammate. I won my championship in Ducatis last year, and obviously that's finished now as well. Yeah. Um. So like we're all like really sharp riders that want to continue that. Um, but obviously it is really expensive. And you can't do it without. The thing it, is, if we, it's like anything. It's the same BSP. It's the same with any championship you go into. If you went and won the lottery tomorrow and won two and a half million quid, you could go and get the best bikes, the best personnel, the loads of track time, and like you obviously stand the best. It's the same in anything. Yeah. Like if if we went out, you know, we went and got like four brand new Hondas, and we went out to Spa and did two weeks track track time, like. You could almost guarantee that we would, yeah, barring any problems, you would yeah. be so so competitive. But obviously, that's we, like we ours is more of a like ours is a bit probably like ADSS's with the fact that it's like a it's like, is like a bit of a journey. Like it's yeah. all the people there together to have fun. It is obviously like you want to do well, but it's about the people and the partners who come on board and help out and. You know, like it is enjoyable for everyone. Like you look yeah. at all the people who, like you in in TRT, you see all of the like the part. He Eric calls them the partners, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah. And there's just all these people who are like absolutely buzzing to be there. And they might only mm. put in like 250 quid or whatever, but the whole thing is just such a great like experience for them. And yeah. like that is the passion behind it, isn't it? 100%. Everybody. Like a family, even though they're friends, is a massive language barrier. Yeah. Like, all we know, they could just call us. They literally yeah. are as well. But, they, um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but no, like it's great crack, and, uh, and everyone does it for the right reasons. And yeah, obviously, but our if if we did have a, a good sponsor that actually saw the three of us and thought, fucking hell, I'm gonna back these guys. Like, there's plenty of sponsors in in British that I've even had. Tom's had various other people that have been kind enough to get involved. Yeah. But they're like few and far between now. Mm. So more smaller and smaller. Yeah. And and like you know. The, Financial climate's not great for everybody out, yeah. out there and stuff. But genuinely, this is something different. Like, there's not, there's apart from ADSS, there, you know, there isn't another British team in in the endurance, in the world endurance, and there certainly isn't three competitive um, in any class. Like, no matter what class we go into in British, and that, you know, that that that'd be a um, very contrasting opinion, I'm sure. But we'd be able to hold our own in any class and yeah. probably excel in fact. I think, and and uh, I think we're showing that and demonstrating it in the stock class in a new championship that we we're like unaware of. But mm. if we had some backing and some help to to even carry on with some testing um, and and to really brush up on on our skill and hone in on it, yeah, we do genuinely have a chance of putting it on the box at every round of the world endurance. Yeah. so that's our goal. That's our aim. And. Um- and one thing I always ask guests on the top of mind is if there was, if you had to give advice to a certain group of people, so for you, if you had to give advice to someone who's going to go to their first endurance round, what would you tell them? Take earplugs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's the name for them in French? Blanc, Blanc, oh, I don't know. Blanc, Claude. Honestly, it's like, Tom doesn't need earplugs because his hair covers his ears. <laughs> it's like wadding, it. just like stuff it yeah. in my ears. But yeah, it's what I do to stop the, listening to Shuey when he carries Tuesday, on talking. Genuinely, at Boldor, and I think you can believe it either, at Boldor when Tom Oliver, we shared a motorhome there, and um, and this bike started on Tuesday, I think, and bear in mind, 
the qualifying doesn't even start till Thursday, and then the race doesn't even start till Saturday, right? Uh -huh. So on the Tuesday leading up to it, which is a whole week gig, which is something else that's different, um, the this bike started and just was pinioned off the rev limiter. And he was like, That's oh. what it was like. And he literally went, Oh, six. That's yeah. Was happening on their bike. And I went, Geez, that that's is going to go. Stop now. No. That is the start. That's the first That's one. the mental thing, though. What do you mean? And it's literally, you can't sleep. Because it's so important to sleep, like, especially before the 24 hour, like, you want to have a good night's sleep. Yeah. But we turned up on the Tuesday, and it started on the Tuesday, it was on the Tuesday, wasn't it? Yeah. And then for four nights, like, I genuinely had, like, four hours sleep, like, on average per night, which is obviously nowhere near enough. And then on the last night, I had a good night's sleep but you just you imagine not being able to sleep for like five nights and then you've got to do a 24-hour race like you can't it's yeah, mentally earplugs, just like earplugs. earplugs what's your what's not your even e like? earplugs and headphones and a fan and there's <laughs> yeah, massive fucking ear defenders like <laughs> thank you guys for listening and thank you guys for giving me your time it's You're been a long old welcome. recording so yeah good luck for the next couple rounds. Thank you very Thank much. You. Yeah. Um.